Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Madrigal the Movies with Rob and Rob. I am one of your hosts, Peter Madrigal. Hey, guys, and I'm Rob Federick, and I'm just powered up to be here today. <laughs> Three up. I'm Rob Schulte, <laughs> the third host here. And wow, Rob, great yeah. pick. Great um, pick. Yeah, I mean, does everybody have their, uh, wait, do we need to bring out the case and open up our power gloves and strap them on for this podcast? Because uh, so <laughs> uh, we're talking uh, 1989's uh, The Wizard, guys. The Wizard. I forgot a lot of this movie. And not in like yeah. a and not in a way that like it's forgettable, in a way that when I rewatched this, I forgot how much I loved it as a child. You know what I mean? I forgot the yeah. things that like stuck into me and it was just like visceral memories of like, oh my god, that dinosaur. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You know what's funny though, too? That movie, two things I want to say before like we, we throw up, it's like I didn't know because I looked back. I was like, you know what? Let me read up against uh, again about the movie because like you, I saw it as a kid and it was like very nostalgic. I didn't realize two things about it. One, it was pitched to the studio. I thought it was pitched as like Rain Man for kids. Sure, sure. I mean, actually, that, that makes sense. Yeah, but they were actually trying to actively avoid it being too close to Rain Man because it came out a year before. So what mm. they were they pitched it as Tommy for Ooh. kids with video games as opposed to pinball. Yeah. And because, now, that I, now that I look at it, it's totally Tommy. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, yeah. yeah. Uh, I could have used an Elton John song, but I right. did love the soundtrack. Right. Now, <laughs> one, one thing I will say is uh, um, I was a little worried going into this that like the trope of like the magical autistic kid uh, was going to yeah. be a little bit too much. Right. 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 But it's not that. That's no, just my not. memory playing tricks on me because it's really about a kid who had a traumatic experience exactly. with his sister. Exactly. Who I completely forgot about. Yeah, yeah, PTSD. Yeah. And it makes the movie way more palatable at that point. You know, yeah. way more under you 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 don't have like the kind of like uh weird Hollywood influence on like neurodiversity sort of stuff. Like it actually just makes sense. Yeah. And the yeah. Tommy allegory is is perfect. Uh, Peter, do you have any quick thoughts before I read that back well, of the box? Back of the box. <laughs> we, but we have to state, though, like you and I watched it as kids. But Peter, you're this is the first time, right, that you've watched it's the first time. So me. See, here's the thing. I don't have any nostalgic feelings for this movie. I've seen, uh, you know, I, I grew up on movies, but I never saw this as a kid. So watching it as an adult for the first time. I mean, it just kind of, I don't know, it was a slow-paced movie, which I can, you know, I can forgive it for. Uh, the opening wasn't, I mean, the opening was interesting. It was this kid walking along the, the, the side of the road. But I just was like, they made a whole feature-length movie, which I give them credit for, to promote Mario Brothers 3. Exactly. It, it, they promoted a bunch of video games because that... They did. Before, but like, Mario 3 wasn't out yet. So yes, this it was wasn't. Commercial. It, it wasn't. But the thing was like Nintendo at that time was like a cultural phenomenal sweep. Like, and and I, one of the things that I read that we could get into... Uh, and, and you know what? After you read the back of the box, usually you know how I give the rating. We're going to save the power rating on this one for the end. <laughs> Love but, it. Uh, but one of the things that they talked about was that like this movie with critics 
was not well received at all. And one of the reasons why they thought that was because Nintendo and video games were such a new phenomenon, like in the way that they had blown up, right? Because there was Atari before and all that shit, but not to the level of Nintendo and the culture that came with it, that they said maybe these critics didn't understand yeah. what they were watching. And mm-hmm. at the end of the day, all of, all of us who grew up in that generation now follow it as a cult phenomenon because we all have that nostalgia factor of yeah. like the Nintendo yeah. power generation, you know? So it's interesting to think about. Anyway. I, I don't oh, want totally, to take totally. away your, your rating, Rob. Yeah. yeah. But this is the best video game movie. <laughs> 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 and you know what's funny is they have Double Dragons in here too. <laughs> yeah. yeah, uh, And Ninja Gaiden. Ninja Gaiden. Right, right. Oh, yeah. So anyway, ri- you're ri- let's, let's get yeah. this back of the box going, right? I got yeah. Get the I'll get to the back of the box because there is also a Vanderpump Rules connection to this movie, Peter, and oh we'll get there. Uh, okay. There's also uh, a weird Marvel. Well, not Marvel. Well, you see, you'll see. Just go I ahead. would. Lo- I love. Uh, yeah. Let's let's. Uh, yeah. uh, we'll get there. One sec. This is getting um, interesting as we go along. <laughs> the Wizard. Fred Savage stars in this warm-hearted family adventure that features the excitement and thrills of video game competition. Corey refuses to let his emotionally disturbed younger brother Jimmy be institutionalized, and the two run off together. They soon join forces with a resourceful girl who notices that Jimmy has an uncanny knack for video games. Evading their parents and a sinister bounty hunter, the trio head for a climactic showdown at the video game championship in California, where Jimmy can realize a dream no one believed he was capable of. It's satisfying entertainment for the whole family, co-starring Bo Bridges and yes. Christian Slater. Oh yeah. my God. Yeah. Yes, I forgot Christian Slater was in this movie, so I was like, thank God. <laughs> Yeah, I uh there's so other than Christian Slater, we we have a, you know, they 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 knew what they were doing with the casting. The Wonder Years was starting to get big uh early mm. or later on or they used Fred Savage as the main character. Um uh you know, it's so in terms of the Marvel rever- reference, very soft Marvel Sony reference. This was Toby Maguire's film debut. Really? Toby really? Maguire's in the movie. Yeah. Um, no kidding. He's a kid, random kid, but like he's in it. That's what that was his first debut. I don't remember wow. seeing him in this movie. Yeah, That's no, 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 he's one of the kids. He's just one of the random kids. But like, uh, but it was his debut film. Wow. Um, okay. Christian Slater obviously was a huge star, or, or starting to become one at that point. Um, funny because Bo Bridges, like, also kind of was a name back then. You know, I know Jeff was much more uh, prominent, but like. His brother was in quite a few movies and stuff. And dude, the, the kids acting in this movie is actually phenomenal. Like all of oh, yeah. them do really no. well. You know? Yeah. It's very well, the main three. To see that. Like yeah. I, I saw that with the kid these kids, you know, the one I mean, some of the adult actors, like the guy that was announcing the whole, you know, game at the yeah, end. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. That guy was like, guy's, okay, dude. You got Super <laughs> you turn it down. Mario Bro. <laughs> But, but this that is was, interesting. It's it. Bo, we we've reviewed. This is our second Bo Bridges movie, and our second thanks. Christian Slater movie. Is that is wow. it? Well, Christian Sidekicks Slater and Robin Hood. Robin Hood. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's wow. right. He plays yeah. a good kind of like laid back dad. But 
The thing about the wizard that I remember when I first, so I, I first watched this, this is trippy, right? But like back in Venezuela, when I used to live there, uh, we used to go to a beach town called Camuri, Camuri. Um, and they had an outdoor, um, oh no, no, sorry. We used to go to Grand Beach, which is called Playa Grande in Spanish, right? And mm. Grand Beach had an outdoor movie theater. So it was like a big blocked screen. And every night they would like with palm trees and stuff like that surrounding you, would project movies onto this big like outdoor movie theater. And I remember that they were doing the wizard and we went to go see it. And my dad's like, Oh, there's a movie about Nintendo. You guys might like it. And we went and we saw it. And I remember watching it, but also as a kid thinking like, this is kind of like mature, you know what I mean? Like it's also like, and now that I watch it as an adult, you're looking at these kids act in a certain way that they are tackling sort of a deeper, like more like mature themed plot that yeah. just happens to be a surrounding like video games but it's much more it felt more like an older drama than it did a kids movie yeah. Yeah. there's some there's some totally. there's some adult references in there like uh he touched my breast why don't you just say he, oh, uh, uh, someone's kidnapping my <laughs> oh friend. yeah when she's trying to get away yeah, yeah. Well, i think or, it's like what they say when you're being attacked you should yeah. shout fire instead yeah. of help because right. more <laughs> you know it's like she's smart okay. she's, she's fucking smart, smart. You know, or 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 player one sixty nine. <clears throat> well, that might just be a, a little nod from the writers. Um, or, or, or go take a whiz, kid. Hey, they're just doing wordplay there, Peter. That's just that's, wordplay. That's just eighties wordplay. But you're, yeah. but like you're right. I mean, like uh, Haley, uh, like she's very street smart for a girl mm-hmm. her age. You know what I mean? Like even Fred Savage to be. Yeah, Fred Savage feels sort of like Tom Cruise and Rain Man a little bit, you know, guiding his brother and stuff like that. And they're freaking 13 year olds, 12. Uh, they're not even that old. Like yeah. Jimmy's what, 10, you know? Yeah. 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 So it, I remember thinking when I watched this movie, I was like, well, this isn't, doesn't really feel super kids like or whatever. But I, that's what I like about it now because it was like, wow, like they pulled off this gravitas that just worked for them. I don't, I don't know what you guys think, Rob. No, I, mean, I totally, totally agree. I think that there's a, I think this is a film that is a transitional film for children, right? Mm. This is the type of film where it's not just slapstick and comedy and cartoons and things to pass the time for entertainment. This is the film you watch as a kid, whether you know it or not, that you can start to grasp bigger concepts. And I might be a little bit highfalutin about it because that's what it was for me. But I think because it has those elements, you really can safely show it to a kid because there's also not a whole lot of in this film that is, you know, unfortunately dated like some films have, you know, like things that maybe you don't want that lesson taught to the kids, but Mm. you wouldn't mind this lesson. You know, sometimes you have to weigh the good with the bad. And I think this one is a pretty good movie for kids, you know, and in a developmental sort of way, but it's also fucking entertaining. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, like, yeah. I mean, good. who didn't want to go on that kind of adventure? Like, oh, I want to, like, go home, go off on my own and, like, you know, play. and it's funny because they're making bets on Jimmy's ability to play video games. And every time I was watching this kid play, I'm like, I want to be that good at all yeah. the games. <laughs> yeah. You know? And I want to get 50000 on Double Dragon. Fuck yeah, dude. Who didn't want to do And <laughs> let's just talk about the elephant in the room when they meet fucking Lucas, the snob. And he's like, I have 93 of them. I played all of them. And he's got like his, 
He's got like his fucking uh, entourage, his posse, like he's like yeah. some sort of gang leader. And they dress him like he's the coolest 80s kid ever with the wavy flicked up hair, the rolled up shirt button that's open with like a t-shirt. And, and then he wears the power glove and he's like so cool. Man, God. we got to talk about that. I, li- I like how he was introduced with the good and the bad, the ugly soundtrack. But I'm just like... He's not the he's no. not, come on. He's not Angel Eyes or Duco yeah. Benedicto. No, come on. Which we're gonna I, review one of these days, actually. Oh, we have to. We have we to. Have to. Um, Western season. Ooh. Yeah. I think that um the interesting thing about like Lucas's crew is like the the Hollywoodification of like yeah. how friend groups work. Mm. Like I don't think I have ever been in a friend group where I'm like, hey, this is the the, the guy. This is the we're all gonna hang around him because like he's the cool one, right? Like what, I don't what, think it's you've never hung out with Jax Taylor? <laughs> <laughs> the number one guy? He's the number one guy, right? Like that's it. Yeah. Uh we should someone audience please photoshop Jax's head on Lucas's body with the <laughs> with the power glove. That's what we'd like. Um but I do think that Lucas like represents a type of kid that we yes. all knew. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. I think he's like a great antagonist to them. Other than what was the guy who was hunting them? I forget his name. Oh, uh, low rent George Costanza. Yeah, yeah, that guy. Tire slasher. Yeah, yeah, him, yeah. yeah. So the thing about Lucas is that like it provides he's slightly older than them, and it's like. He's got the means and the crew to play all these games. And he's like the epitome of like the cool kid that they're not. They're like trailer park, more like sort of like scrabby guy. But it's it's interesting because the, he's weirdly, even in his corniness, he's sort of intimidating, which worked in a weird way for the film. Because Jimmy doesn't – even Jimmy doesn't want to face him that first time with the power glove because – that's not his objective. He does this because he loves it as opposed to the other kid who's like, I do it because I'm trying to be the best at anything or whatever. And then when they show up at that end competition and Lucas is there, you want him to go down. Like they set him up so well. You know what I mean? I, mm. I, a lot of the tropes in this movie are set up, I think, pretty pretty darn well in, in a lot of ways because it is also sort of in a weird way kind of a bad movie too. Yeah. But like, <laughs> yeah. But like Can yeah. I tell you what I would like to see in this movie? When they that? get when they get to the very end, um, we've got the other people. You've got Lucas and you've got the, the Mora gal. Yeah. I want Mora's story. How did she get there? I mean, she's, it, she's in the top three, right. but we know Lucas and we know, uh, Jimmy. Right. I don't know. It's just found very interesting. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I think there's like a, a uh, wizard uh, expanded universe that we could <laughs> well, explore. They, they said they were thinking about pitching a TV show simultaneously with this oh, thing okay. because of the popularity of Nintendo universal had acquired the rights to do this. And it was like a cash machine. And they were mm. like, we got to incorporate like sort of maybe a TV show based on the wizard and stuff like that, which would have been it. Actually that could be an interesting show now, like a eighties retro video gaming competition show of that yep. time. I think people would eat it up. Look for at the sure. popularity with Stranger Things, yeah. you know what I mean? But Oh yeah. Um yeah. now Peter, I talked about this uh, a few minutes ago, 
But I just to bring it full circle before I hear some of the things you'd like to change yeah. or not change in this film. <laughs> um, Jenny Lewis is the the character that they meet up with, and she is one of my favorite musicians. She was in a band I loved all through college called Rilo Kylie, and now she's a solo musician. No and, kidding. Wait, sorry, the girl who plays Haley? Yeah. yeah. Jenny oh, Lewis. Sure. Wow. Um, and Jenny Lewis had a music video that I won Tom Sandoval, Ariana Maddox, and a few other people from Vanderpump Rules wow. were in because I believe wow. she is a fan of the show you were on. No shit. <laughs> that is awesome. That's yeah. amazing. Wow. And she's yeah, amazing. She is, I mean, not just as a musician, one of the best lyricists I have ever heard. And on top of that, before the band Rilo Kylie broke up, they had a second singer who would sing a couple of songs per album. And he was Penske on Salute Your Shorts. So, wow. Yeah, like, I love that show. It, it's, it's wild when you get on the nostalgia train. But, yeah, that's, uh, kind of, that's kind of interesting. But Jenny Lewis... Train. Jenny Lewis, like making this second career of herself as like a very popular yet still relatively indie musician. Very, yeah, cool. yeah. very cool. Yeah. Now, Holy Peter, shit. that's kind of cool. Yeah, I, okay. you're gonna need to text Sandoval, I think, and say, yeah. "Were you in a Jenny Lewis music video?" And just <laughs> gonna see to. what his response is. Anyway, I'm gonna have to. <laughs> yeah, uh, while we record, we're gonna need the answer right now. So, yeah, you know. yeah. Please get him on the line. <laughs> <laughs> but no, uh, I Peter. I, yeah. Uh, while Peter does that, Rob, did you have a favorite scene? I think my favorite scene, like I'm going to go with what I like loved as a kid, is when they get to the tournament. You know what I mean? And like, I think it was cool because obviously I was a fan of Nintendo. I loved playing it. It wasn't 1989 when I saw this movie. It was more like 1992. Right. Mm -hmm. um, but like all my cousins and like, I just thought it was like something. So, and I was living in Venezuela at the time. So I was like, wow, they hold that kind of tournament in America where I was born. And I was like, cause I remember very little. I only lived there till I was like about four. Then we moved to Venezuela uh, or no, no five. And then I moved to Venezuela and then I grew up sort of in Venezuela for a little while. until I came back to the States when I was like 13, 14 years old. So, um, I remember looking at it going like, that's super cool. And like the whole awe and like wonder of like Nintendo is this behemoth of a thing, right? Like made me want to like go and play in those tournaments and enjoy the video games and like sort of like, you know, I, I honestly don't know if that had an impact and that's why I'm such an avid gamer today, you know, like mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because I love that culture. I love video games. I think it's like something so, so radical if I want to use a, an 80s term. So I would say like that would probably be my favorite scene. And then in terms of like the drama character rewatching it, like I, I sort of specially connected when um, the whole lunchbox comes out and they find out that he's like checking out the pictures of his sister and like and then he's sort of like packing it slowly and, and Fred Savage is like leaning over him. And he's like, and he's realizing why this is important to Jimmy. Like I was like, wow, like I didn't, I didn't appreciate that as a kid. I thought it was mm. kind of like, get this out of the way. I want to get to the video game stuff. Yeah. But as a filmmaker, I'm sort of appreciating the underlying story of this movie in a more dramatic way. So I, that's almost like my final thought of the whole movie actually. Hey, so 
Well, yeah. uh, expand on it once we get there. Yeah, uh, but th- yeah, I would say those two. I would say those two. Yeah, totally. How about you, Peter? Any uh, big shining moments? Well, here's the thing. Like, okay, so I understand what Rob was getting at. I understand the competition scenes. Um, I don't know. Those really didn't resonate with me because I think I guess I was distracted by that guy, the the MC. <laughs> Just kind of. Yeah, he he's a big old weirdo for sure. Now you know what would have made that scene better would have been if they had gotten you know Sean Claude Van Damme. Van Damme. <laughs> hey man, it's no Superman two. It's, it's no Superman two. Okay, there was a Superman been, two video game that they cut out. It's a deleted yeah. scene. So yeah, it would have been awesome if they had included that. That'd been amazing. But um, had they gotten maybe Sean Claude Van Damme to do it, you know, that would have raised the, raised the stakes a little bit. I don't know. It would have been interesting. That's fair. Um, <laughs> But for me, you know, I, I of course the, the 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 competition. But for me, the real heartfelt moments, like when I was like, I was watching the movie. I was like, okay, they're going on an adventure. Okay, whatever. You know, it's kind of no offense, guys. It's not that you know, it's a boring movie to me. Hey, it's kind of boring. It is Fair. sort of slow. Fair. Yeah, it yeah, is yeah it's very slow. Boring. Very. Boring. I had to play video games while watching this movie. Right. Exactly. right. <laughs> Yeah. And so like, you know, when they're going on the journey, I was like, kids, don't try this at home, you know, uh, don't yeah. run away. Like, right. But what, what, you know, I'm listening to the dialogue I'm paying attention to something else. And then all of a sudden these kids start talking about Jennifer and I'm all like, you're going to have to repeat that. <clears throat> what happened? <laughs> and it just all of a sudden went down this dark road yeah. of like this girl dying who happens to be the twin sister of jimmy and that's why he's all messed up he has ptsd yeah and i'm all like and and it's christian slater's fault and i'm just like what just fucking happened and how did we go on this from 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 this you know kids movie where they're trying to get to california right going down this dark path and then, of course, at the end, they all tie it together. The, the, the whole movie wasn't even about the video game. The whole movie was about this kid trying to recover from his PTSD. Yeah. Yeah. Getting closure. And, and you know, that to me was the most interesting part of the movie. And those, those scenes were the ones that got, you know, th- those were the ones with the gravitas to them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because, you know, like it, it was like, holy shit, this just got real. You know what I mean? You, you have that moment where you're like, oh, my God, shit just got real and you got to deal with it now. So I was like, when are we going to bring this whole situation back up again? Which they do, of course, at the end of the movie when he finally find, the, we find out what he means by California. It's uh, right. those dinosaurs. You right. Know? right. You know, where they took that picture. And I'm just like, you know, I mean, because I was uh, uh, at certain points, especially at the beginning, I was lost because I was like, okay. The father, the, the Bo Bridges character is the father of Christian Slater and Fred Savage right. and the Jimmy character. Really? Okay. Half, and now half. they're all split up. Why? You know? And that's yeah. and then you find out why right. know, this family got split up. It's because right. the daughter died. Well, and isn't it interesting like how cookie cutter like the the angry stepdad is versus the like this isn't my real son, Bo Bridges' dad. And then it's just like, oh, yeah, like, although I don't think people are that cut and dry in real life, I do think there's that gradual change of, like, what a family dynamic is that, like, Mm -hmm. even storytelling within the movies was trying to grasp, like, what is the new 
nuclear family, you yeah. know, and yeah. it, 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 it's a little bit eye rolly at times for sure. Of course. of course it's an eighties movie though too. So I think Hollywood back then, like just the form language, I always bring that up, but like they didn't sort of let in, in certain movies. Yes. But in other movies, they didn't let sort of those things simmer as much. It was like almost taken at face value to just establish what was going on. And I think the whole idea is it's a broken family. And this yep. is why these kids are able to kind of get away and yeah. do their thing because they're not really that well supervised. And there's a lot of bro. And I think that pain and anguish is sort of like why Fred Savage is also like so keen on like, let's just bail and like not get you institutionalized. And like, we'll just hit the road, man. And like, he's able yeah. to sort of nap, like it sort of almost gives them context as to how they're able to pull that off. Cause most kids wouldn't even fucking get, that far you know what i mean like, well, like near, i mean so. like i can understand why they're those what once we hit that scene i can understand why those why these kids are the way they are you know mm-hmm. what, what because of that trauma that happened to them you know especially yeah. and, and and then it, it, it was uh twins they were twins yeah right because that right. was even more yeah. impactful to the, ki- yeah. the character of jimmy absolutely you know? absolutely so. rob what about you man do you have any favorite scenes well, one that like actively made me smile in this one because like I love when they get to like Universal Studios and there's right, a, right. Thing. and like that brings back the like oh yeah I remember the majesty of this but mm. like it's funny that um, they go to Universal Studios and it's a Universal Studios movie right yeah. like, <laughs> it, it couldn't be a bigger advertisement for yeah. like hey we got some parks too guys yeah. absolutely <laughs> absolutely but the so first of all I think it's hilarious that like. Oh yeah, I found the old Nintendo in the back of the truck. No one is putting their Nintendo <laughs> in the back of the dirty so truck true. at that point. Like, in time. Who the fuck would do that? Maybe now. Maybe now you might find an old dirty NES in someone's truck. Somewhere. I'm gonna throw my Xbox in my truck. You know, forget yeah. about it. Yeah, who yeah, knows? Yeah, who knows? Uh, as long as I got the HDMI cables, we'll be good. Um, yep. no. <laughs> but no, he's like, yeah, I found it in the truck, so I decided to play it. I can't sleep, and he's like. Uh, it's going to rot your brain or whatever dad phrase. Oh, right. Bo when Bridges they're in the motel. Used. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then Bo Bridges, you wake up and he's just like addicted to TMNT and like playing it and playing a controller like you would actually use a controller. There's so much like home improvement or yeah. other things where it's just like, that's not how you use a controller, people. Right. And you just know that's from like some television director who's never played a nintendo uh going no we need more action you know right peter was trying to play games on his phone that's the noise you just heard everyone uh (laughs) no it's like you know but it's true like you know because i've seen i know exactly what you're talking about like oh yeah no no you're like this it's like when you're you see someone playing a sega genesis but it's putting off atari noises you know you could sometimes do like this where you're like oh god damn oh yeah there's like you know what i mean like like you're like absolutely like you know come on because you kind of almost like psychologically want to make that jump longer like you would press buttons harder as a kid i remember that yeah like oh yeah you're totally right but i think this movie does it well that's what i'm saying yes yeah but i feel like also like it's so funny that you said that because I feel like it was almost trying to say like Nintendo sweeping the nation. Like even parents are enjoying this, you know? And that leads me to another scene I really liked, Rob. Okay. And thank you for saying that because it reminded me. When they're in the like hustle montage. Uh, yeah. Oh my it, God. The Rain Man montage. Yeah. They they uh, they go to some bar where there's 
a stand-up arcade. I I don't remember which game it was. I, think it was, I thought it was TMNT. No. Well, there's a few different times, right? But there's one where they go in and there's like a Tom Petty poster on the side of it. And then there's two <laughs> like businessmen who have like loosened their ties and have their jacket behind and they're trying to play some game. Right, and right. First of all, you're like, no, no. absolutely right. not. No, right, like, that is right. not. They're not hustling each other. They don't know how to play this stand-up arcade. Who are these right, old guys? Right, right, right. But then for Jimmy to come up, when they're like, oh, I bet he could beat you on Ninja Gaiden or whatever. Right. And then they're like, <laughs> cut to them like counting their money or whatever. Right, right, right. That scene is just amazing to me because like what I just said, like absolutely not. There's right. no way this right. dude is like loosening his tie like, God, tough day at the mines. I better go play Double Dragon at the local <laughs> watering hole. No way. No, he's getting a double scotch on the rocks and, and he is relaxing. Kicking his well, feet up. It, it's funny because what it reminded me of when I was a kid, Mortal Kombat, right? We talked about Mortal Kombat was like a real thing. And like the arcade versions of Mortal Kombat obviously looked better than the console ones because they had more graphics power. And I loved going to a local arcade and playing Mortal Kombat. And there was always some fucking jerk dude that was older. Yep. That like I put it in. Obviously, like I don't know all the room controls. So I'm trying and I'm not, you know, I'm a kid. I'm not, I'm like yeah. seven years old, right? Like I'm, I don't know. And the guy's like, you want me to beat it for you? You want me to beat him for you? And, and I'm like, uh, I guess. And like he would like take over and just fucking play a free game of yep. fucking Mortal Kombat hustling me. So it's like when I, when I see that scene, that's what that reminds me of. I was like, there's always some older asshole that's trying to hustle kids out of like, like hey, why are you I, hanging out at the arcade, dude? Exactly. <laughs> he was probably honestly like in retrospect, cause I was six or like seven or eight years old. He was probably like 17 12. years old or, or 17. 19, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? He seemed to me to be like in his late twenties, you know what I mean? But like, maybe he yeah. was like, um, and, but like, what a fucking asshole. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like if I went there as a kid, as a teenager and I saw a kid playing, I'm like, do you want me to be, I would be like, Bro, I have stooped to the lowest of the low at this point. So, like, you're right. It's like, no, fuck this guy. No, I remember. I remember trying to get hustled by uh, by kids at the uh, or by older guys at the at the um, at the arcade. Uh, One one memory that I have was full gore at the arcade, and then of course Mortal Kombat. So, my cousin and I, he played uh, uh, not full gore, Killer Instinct. Oh yeah, war. killer! Instinct. And they tried killer to like they try to hustle him and like oh you know uh, we'll pay we'll pay for the next couple of games if you beat us. It's like oh, I don't know how to play. And then killed him. And then same with Mortal Kombat. I was like I don't know how to play Mortal Kombat. <laughs> yeah, you know. And then took Scorpion and just you know went off. So I understand exactly because I've been in that situation before. God, I remember it. I remember that. Uh, uh, my cousin's father used to, you know, uh, be in a bowling competition or a bowling league, you know. So yeah. whenever he'd go bowl, we'd be at the arcade just punching right. those quarters in, pumping them. Pumping yeah. Isn't it, isn't it funny them. though that, like, we, um, there's two things I want to say about this, Rob. You're going to appreciate one of them. But, like, the other thing is, like, one thing is, like, wow, like, other than like Dave and Buster's and maybe the bowling alley arcade, that's Arcades are not really like a thing anymore because of no, video game not. culture. Like back and then, that's, like, and that's pandemic aside. Like this, yeah, is, yeah. There's no Aladdin's castles anymore. Like no. generations ago, these things went out because they were. I remember as a kid, I the f- most fun I could ever have was like we're going to the arcade, 
okay, my dad's giving me 10 bucks so I can have 10 bucks worth of quarters and play as many games as I want. You know, yeah. like, oh my God, you just opened up a, a fucking memory for me. I'll talk right. about it in a moment. And then the reference that I want to give that uh, that's, this reminds me of is Noah's Arcade from uh, fucking Wayne's World. <laughs> We're Rob and Rob Lowe's the producer of that. And like, they're like, we're going to bring in our sponsor. The guy's like, and they just keep pumping in these quarters, the stupid kids or whatever. They don't know that the game's rigged and you can't get past this level or whatever. And I was just thinking, I was like, when I heard that, I'm like, are arcades rigged? Because that is sort of oh, a business model that they, yeah. it gets so much harder that you can't, you know, like keep pumping in those quarters. So, apparently, Las Vegas. Vegas? Uh, Yeah, totally. It's, yeah. yeah. I mean, arcade is the kids' version of Vegas, I guess, you know? Yeah. I apparently, different arcade games have a different, like, like, have a switch in there for difficulty levels. So, you could potentially bring in an arcade, set it to the easiest level on Monday. Get everyone oh. hooked, set it to the hardest level on Friday when people wow. are off of work. That's Vegas rigging, and, man. Yep. Yep. Um, yep. I once, when I lived in Kansas, I managed a, a, a music venue, right? But it was kind of an all around like dive bar, right? People would go right. there to watch basketball games, they'd play pool, blah, 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 blah. Some kids I knew, kids, some guys my age, uh, had an NBA jam like stand up arcade at their college apartment. And they're like, Mm. we're trying to sell it. And I was like, why don't you just bring it into the bar? And like, I'll give you 50% or 10% or whatever it is that's made. Right. We put it up during a fucking college basketball season. Oh, I'm sure. Oh my God. So much money. The owner of the bar walked in one day on like a Tuesday after the championship was over. And it's like, what the fuck is this doing here? Get this thing out of here. And I was just like, fine. I was like, you don't, you, you have no idea that this just made us everyone's paycheck right. the last week. Right. Wow. Sure. We'll get it out of here. Whatever. Did he, what did he say? Like, did he like, Oh, he was really? just a dick. I mean, I'm pretty sure that he used the bottleneck as like, uh, 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 a safe way to put money from other places. Let's just put it that way. Oh, it's a front. Um, Got it. Yeah. Money laundering. There you go. Hey, I didn't okay. say that. Allegedly. <laughs> allegedly. Allegedly. Um, allegedly. It just seemed like I had to get out of there as fast as possible when they didn't like my NBA jam idea. And um, as you were walking away, federal agents rolled up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Where'd you get those sunglasses? But no, uh, Rob, the memory you like unlocked for me was I once took a road trip with my dad and my brother and, you know, Sadness aside, both of them have passed. And so it's always really nice to like remember things from like group activities. Yeah. We went on some road trip. I don't remember destinations or anything about it. What I do remember is that my dad handed my brother and I, my dad owned a bar growing up. Two Crown Royal bags, you know, the nice uh, velvet uh, with the oh, gold. Wow. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I think I have a bag of it somewhere here because I keep things in it, actually. <laughs> Full of quarters, each one. Wow. 40 quarters. Wow. Each. Wow. To us, that was, oh, as might as well have been gold doubloons, right? Yeah. Because you anytime just, we take a truck yeah. stop break, you guys can play video games at the arcade. Yeah, you found the freaking pot at the end of the rainbow there, man. Yeah, at the end of the day, we each had $10 worth of quarters, right? Yeah. So, like, like, you know, going in there. And my brother and I were meticulous 
about what we were using these on the games that cost 25 cents versus right. the games that cost 50 cents and 75. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. at the end of the trip, our last stop at an arcade, I had, I think four more quarters than my brother. Wow. Um, and he convinced me rightfully so that this was the only arcade that we had been in that had the new Mortal Kombat 2 stand-up arcade, which was like a dollar each. Right, right, right. So right. I fronted him the dollar so that rather than us dying to an, a computer, we could right. actually play each other. Right. And then whoever wins gets another game. Right. Okay. So right, that right. like, and that memory of my brother not trying to like, Hustle you, yeah. Hustle me in any way. He's like, no, we get an extra game if we right. actually play each other. And right. So, right. That is just one of the. I mean, I think I chose Raiden, like, and I lost yeah. terribly. Whatever. <laughs> I got to see Mortal Kombat two. That's so and rusty. Yeah, exactly. Rusty. Yeah. And it was just awesome. And I think this movie had a lot to do with that for nice. sure. Yeah, man. I just think. It was interesting because, you know, we were doing video game movies and there was a number of movies that I wanted to pick, you know, like Resident Evil, Warcraft, uh, you know, whatever. There was a bunch that I was thinking was like a video game themed movie. But then I was like, well, what about a movie about just video games in general? And like the first thing that popped in my mind was like, well, The Wizard, because it's sort of like the inception of that culture in a lot of way, in, yeah. in ways. Right? I, mean, I would love, I'd be really interested to see like sort of, the wizard adapted to a modern day audience with like the Twitch gaming community and like yeah. the PC gaming culture. That's now like becoming like even more popular than consoles. Cause really like it really is. Consoles are more like a thing. Watch Twitch than TV these days. Totally. Mm -hmm. And, and the thing about consoles in general is like, yeah, people get them. They're, they're still very coveted and stuff like that. But like, I'm starting to see like, like the, the more elite, or like the more like prominent gaming culture, like the ones dedicated. that are on Twitch and everything, the dedicated ones, they're all PC gamers. Yeah. And there's this wide array of different games. And it, it, like, there's a whole culture associated with them. Like I've been to E3 before and that was Whoa. like amazing, like unbelievable. Like this convention, like I could not like process the awesomeness of this thing because it's like Comic-Con on steroids, man. And like everybody that comes in and all the little things that I don't know, nuances of gaming that I don't like, that somebody would be like, this guy's a fucking noob type of thing, you know? Like, uh, but but it's kind of interesting because it sort of ties me into that world where like, wow, like this was the beginnings of all that. Look how far we've come in society and like how evolved these games have gotten, you know? Like, And you know, not like, to mention like the peaks and the troughs of like the positives and negatives of gaming communities. I right. think we're finally getting at this era where like gaming is gaming and people can take it to whatever level they want. And that's yeah, and, awesome. And it's the generation that now, what I was mentioned about the critics earlier that they didn't understand this movie when it happened, it's like our older generation all sort of grew up on video games. So now the value of video games is being seen like this isn't just like a cultural like like a little pop thing that popped up and like is becoming popular or a niche thing like this is like sort of a way of life for everyone like i don't know any other kid that like you don't you don't go to any kid's house unless the parents are like super strict or like living under a rock type of thing that doesn't have some sort of gaming console oh, you yeah. know what i mean like yeah. it's like a computer in the house you know like everybody's involved you know absolutely like, 
Um, it's kind of, and the the level of the quality of these games, like their studio movie budgets, like three hundred sixty oh million dollars to develop a game. You know what I mean? Like it's kind of outrageous to think. It really is actually. how that evolution happens. So and it's crazy because if a, if a game tanks, you know, it's just like a movie tanking. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's a news. lot of money. Uh, bye bye. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, I think this is probably as good a time as any to like start going through our final thoughts, if you guys are cool with that. Peter, would you like to head us off? Sure. Um, so my final thoughts on this movie, it's... Uh, <laughs> it was, like I said, kind of boring originally. And you're just kind of like following, trying to follow along with the story. And then, you know, you're like, oh, who's the dad? What's all this about? Who are these kids? And then all of a sudden, once it hits the, uh, once it starts pulling on those, you know, it takes a darker path, pulls on those heartstrings. You're like, okay, shit just got real. So, I mean, for me, it was a nice journey, you know, um, something I don't recommend any kids doing. But you know what? You know, they yeah, got they, don't run away from home kids. Don't run away from home kids. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, it was it was a it was a good time. You know. And if there are any kids listening to this behind the paywall, you need to be at least 13 to have a Patreon account. So be careful. Be careful. Exactly. No, that makes sense. And Rob, since this is your pick and you've kind of given a lot of thoughts, I'll just go next so you can take us home. Sure. But uh, yeah, uh, Peter, you're right. This isn't the most uh, thrills and chills of That's a movie. True. And it is... You know, I think John Hodgman says that sometimes nostalgia can be a, a toxic influence on your life. And I think we all know the people who like live in the past completely. And I think the respect I have for this movie is not that. It's mm. like what Rob Federick was saying, where it is like a window into what's to come. Did they get yeah. everything exactly right? No. But it really shows you like the power of games and how we're moving past just tabletop or just playing shut the box or sorry or something like that, no. you know, and it's not D and D which is, this is right in the middle of the like satanic yeah. panic dungeons and dragons. The evil people are taking over our children sort of thing. And yeah. I think this also combats that it's like a way of saying, Games aren't going to harm children. It's influence and the mm. people, right? So bad people will do bad things, right? Not right. the games, right? And I right, think right. it does a really good job of showing how all of these kids are good kids. Even Lucas being kind of an asshole. Oh yeah, like, yeah. He's probably a good student kid type exactly. of thing. Exactly. You know, like, he's, he's still your average kid. Yeah. You know, he's not a devil worshiper. No, no, he's just a snobby kid that yeah. like everybody, but he's probably a good kid. Um, not the kids that like beat him up and stuff, but that shit happens. Like they didn't yeah. stray away from that either. So I think it's a well-rounded time capsule of 1989 that, yeah. like, like I said, opens a great window into what's to come. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to just piggyback a, a thought about that because you know, I remember when we were growing up, like a lot of times people were like, oh, video games are going to rot your kids' brains, like rot your kids' brains, rot your kids' brains. Like that that was going on. And now if you actually Google it, like and look it up, there's like hundreds and hundreds of studies that show the complete opposite. Yep. Like yep. video games actually stimulate brain growth. Kids actually have more visual acuity, like problem solving, problem solving, like 
it's so much helpful for more development, like brain developmental activities, because you're exercising your mind in so many different ways, imagination, peaking, everything, that it's actually highly beneficial to play video games. Obviously, anything that strays into a point where like, if you're playing 15 hours every day, all day and ignoring your life, then you've got an addiction problem and then that's something else. But Too much of a good thing can exactly, be a bad thing. Yep. Exactly. But I remember always sort of battling a little bit of my parents' stereotype. Like they didn't, they weren't opposed to me playing video games at all, but like, you know, they maybe were like, well, you play games a lot and stuff like that here and there because you know, I played like average amounts, like the way that I stream now. But I always related. I was like, dude, this shit is like feeding my imagination, you know? Yeah. Um, so I've mentioned a lot of final thoughts on the movie, but overall, I think I should just give the power rating of uh, the, of the movie, which to me is going to be a 7.5 out of 10. You know, uh, I think it's a good classification just because the movie has a lot of things that's got it going for itself. It was very original for the time, even though it was like there was Tommy and Rain Man. It sort of found its own niche and stuff like that. It is highly nostalgic in its value to our generation and anybody who grew up with Nintendo and stuff like that. And it has a heartfelt story at the root of it, which is from the perspective of these kids and they all act really well. So like we said, it has its eye rolling moments. And it has its 80s cheesy moments, but even some of those endearingly up the rating rather than lower it. So at the end, I think that, you know, The Wizard is a cool little journey if you guys are our age or even now. Like, it's cool to kind of check out what that generation was like back in the day. So with Absolutely. that, that was The Wizard for me, guys. Hell <laughs> yes. I couldn't, I couldn't agree more. Peter, do you want to take us home? Sure, actually. I, I will I will take us home guys. Thank you so much for uh, thank you so much for bringing this movie forward because like I said, I've never seen this film and it, it wasn't nostalgic for me, but it, you know looking back on some of the stuff some of the tropes that they had in there, it was nostalgic to a certain extent. not the movie itself, but you know the things that you know the themes. That being said, um, thank you everybody for listening over here on Patreon or wherever you're listening to us. And for Rob Federick and Rob Schulte, I am Peter Madrigal, and you've been listening to Madrigal at the Movies with Rob and Rob. You'll be hearing from us next week. Bye-bye. Woo! See ya. <laughs>